Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. This is the second hour of Oilers Now brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex. who wish you and yours all the best during these uncertain times. Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. Uh, you can text us at any time on our Ashley Fine Floors text line at 780-496-0063. Ashley Fine Floors providing winning results for over 35 years. That's where we're going to go next into our top story for Great Rock Exteriors. Mother Nature wreaks havoc on your home. Book your free, no-obligation inspection today. Visit grayrockexteriors.ca. Dale Howardchuck has passed away at the age of 57. He had been battling cancer uh, for quite a while. Uh, Tyler has texted the show to say, Bob, the Jets were arguably a top five team in the mid-1980s, but they were also the third best team in the Smythe. Terrible timing for them. Rest in peace, Dale Howardcheck. And if we're going to talk about key face-offs, he may have won the biggest one in Canadian hockey history, obviously representing or referencing the uh, goal in uh, 1987 that Mario Lemieux scored off a Wayne Gretzky setup after Howardcheck won the draw back in the uh, Team Canada zone. It is a Tuesday. Sportsnet spec Mark Spector for the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta presenting live racing every Friday and Sunday evening to comply with AH regulation spectators are limited at this time but you can go online at hbibet.com to watch and wager very quickly into some text uh bob uh this text says a good defenseman is worth more than a good forward that's just the way it is uh which defenseman is worth 12.5 million in the league Okay. Well, McDavid obviously is the highest paid player in the league. Uh, this text comes in saying Colorado uh has a real captain they could have uh, the best players like the Oilers, but they purposely selected somebody with leadership skills. Time for 97 to lose his C. Oilers need a real leader, not just a pretty face for a captain. Mark, what do you think of that? I think that's BS. Well, there's no, yeah, there's no, no one stripping Connor McDavid of his captaincy here. <laughs> like, that's fairly ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Bob, that's not a beat around the bush. Colorado got Donskoy, Burakovsky, Nachushkin, and Kadri all in one offseason. That's how they took the quantum leap this year. Edmonton does not have the cap space to do this at this time. You know what? That's a fair comment. I mean, the Oilers, the Oilers have to get more speed, but they're not going to be able to get the caliber of like Donskoy's in the three millions. I think Burakovsky's in the three millions. Nachushkin's obviously a little bit cheaper, and then they got Kadri and they dumped uh, about seven and a half million, eight million bucks out when they made that deal and got back, you know, four point five. So there you go. Um, and so take it for what it's worth. This text comes in. Uh, rugged from Saskatoon, Spec. I know you don't like the idea of trading Clefbaum. He's saying this to me. But Baron Nurse are ready. Athanasiu and Paul Yarby, question mark. Your ge- uh, guess is as good as mine. Um, if you were to move a top four Oilers D, Mark, who would you move and why? Uh, I wouldn't move Clefbaum just because of the cap situation you're in right now. I mean, I think everything we're talking about here is tempered by the by money, by the cap, Bob, right? They signed a new CBA that's, that's the cap's not supposed to go up for the next two or three years to try to recover from all the money lost last season. Well, 
what's going to happen, Bob, if, if two-thirds of the league can't have fans next season? How long are they going to have to keep the cap level to, to try to catch up on revenues from last season and next season, right? So the point I'm making is there's no money to go around for a long time here, potentially for a flat cap for four or five years, maybe. You know, potentially. Yeah. Yeah. So that just takes a player like Clefbaum and makes him so uber valuable. You know, no one's saying he's the best player in the world or any of that. He's a nice player. He's filling in pretty well for the Oilers. He takes first over you know, first defensive minutes. But at that price tag, you're just you cannot trade that player at that price tag. He's an absolute bargain. You can't trade him. So you know, to me the the pending UFA after next season would be uh would be Adam Larson. I think you have you know, maybe by the time next season's over, you got a right hand D and uh, Bouchard that's ready to to take up some minutes on your on your top six. Uh, Caleb Jones, I think, is ready to start to make an impact here. Like, I guess what I'm trying to say, Bob, is Colorado did make a bunch of huge trades and brought in a whole bunch of players all at the same time, and that those that's not happening in Edmonton. Ken Holland is is making small incremental gains here there are no giant trades here coming well okay well let's let's just address a couple things theoretically would you trade larson for andreas Janssen? we just had james myrtle on or or uh Kasperi Kapanen? i need more you need more guys okay those guys are light wingers that toronto isn't winning with bob I don't even I don't mind Captain as a player, but he's not the order solution. They don't need another another winger who you know, I heard Myrtle. He says he doesn't play great with with top centers. So in Edmonton he's a bottom six winger and he's he's a real fast skater with tunnel vision and he kills some penalties good. Uh, but the player I watched play for Toronto this season, I don't—he's he, not fair value straight across for a veteran right-hand D. No chance. Pittsburgh has gone on record, and it was in the Athletic. Uh, but apparently, ownership wants to go to a real cap in the mid seventies. Would you have time for either? And I'm—I don't know how you make this happen. Uh, and by the way, I do think regarding Larson. Okay, I think Larson. And it, here's the problem with this whole thing that happened. Teams are off for four months. I think some guys thought we weren't going to play. Um, you know, there's some challenges. I mean, we haven't even talked about Tuka Rask, and I, I'm sure I don't want to put words in your. You're, you're completely respectful of his decision in that scenario, are you not, Mark? Sure, it's his call, man. And we have no idea what's going on in a guy's life, right? Like you don't know, you know. Uh, but and that's I guess I'm going I'm circling here, Mark, back to what I opened up with. Now that we've had another week to think about, it, like who would have possibly yeah. have thought about trading Oscar Clefbaum during the pause? No one. Yeah, Why would no you one. trade him? He's got three years left at four million bucks. No. He plays 25 minutes a game. No yeah, one would have thought. You don't trade that player. Well, you know, he wasn't very good in the playoffs. And he'd be the first to tell you, wasn't very good in the playoffs. You're having a different conversation when you're talking about a UFA like Sheehan because it's a $900,000 player. You can get a different type of guy to replace him. Uh, but just, you know, it, it's interesting with, with Larson because I think Larson <laughs> wants to extend his career mark and would be prepared to come down in price because of how the game has moved away from those type of defensemen. You know what I'm saying? Well, that's probably. I think that with the cap situation, he may ha- he certainly isn't looking at a big raise. Uh, no, you know, there's no question. But I guess my point would be, I mean, you're, you're asking me the specific question: which of the defensemen is going? Would you trade? And to me, the Oilers obviously their organizational depth is, is strength 
uh, in depth is on defense. They've got a bunch of guys coming. So I guess you can do one of two things. You know, you can trade a young kid like a Bouchard or Broberg and hope like Kelly doesn't turn into a superstar player for somebody else. You know, or you can do probably what we're doing in this cap situation is trade a more expensive veteran player, right? And yeah. allow your young kids to fill in underneath. And, and there's got to, they got to start making room for these young guys. Russell and Larson are both uh, UFAs after next season. And right. after next season, Caleb, I expect Caleb Jones to be a very regular player in this thing. I expect Ethan Baer to improve immensely. And I expect either one of Broberg or, uh, Bouchard to be on the team and playing regular minutes. So, you know, Russell, listen, Russell was probably the best defenseman in that Chicago series, Bob. And Larson's a rough, tough guy that asks the least if they need one of those. But you can't have everybody, and you got to worry about your money. I had a player tell me from a team still playing in a very competitive series that he hated playing against Adam Larson. He oh, goes, sure. you guys are easy to play against, and I hate playing against Adam Larson. I mean, and, and just to set the record straight, if you looked at the pending UFAs, and if you made a hard decision on one of the veteran forwards, you can figure out who I'm talking about, the Oilers would be at around $62 million bucks uh, next summer, which would give them roughly $20 million to spend. That's if they didn't add, if they didn't do a Larson-type deal for a Janssen or a Kapanen, as an example. Uh, you know, and, and, and yeah. I, the, the problem Russell has, Speck, is I don't know if anybody's going to take on that $4 million in cap space for him. No chance. Right? Uh, no chance. Uh, now, would somebody? T- he's only one point five million in real dollars, so you can't buy him out because he's a three million dollar cap hit this year. So, you know, and, and, and in fairness, he, you know, based on how he played, you couldn't argue that he did. He he performed pretty well for you. Like he was okay. So oh, I don't I think know. He performed excellent for you, and and I think there's an. L- I know that you know there's a lot of listeners out there who traded him yesterday. Uh, and I, there's no no one saying that a third period, you know, at $4 million, he makes too much for third-period defense. Well, right. That's just a fact. But I'll tell you what, there's a lot of things that he does that if if they rub off on the rest of this team, will make it a better team. You know, I, I like having Chris Russell do, again, in that playoff series, he was their best defenseman. He was ready to play. He played well. He did all the playoff things that have to happen. He blocked a bunch of shots. Yeah, they banked a couple in off him. That's just bad luck. Uh, but he doesn't hurt this team a bit. And, he's again, I don't expect him to be playing for this team uh, after next season because I think that his job will just get taken by a young guy. And but a cheaper I don't guy. See and a cheaper guy, and I don't see any reason to run him out of town before that. 100%. All right. So, uh, by the way, Mark, it is interesting. Chason, Benning, and Russell were the first three guys, phase two, of the other players that were on the ice. Nothing wrong with any one of their, their games. Jeremy no, they all played pretty well, sure. It's got, you know, like, so there's guys that are in town skating, they're prepping, and it just, you know, and that's why I think it's difficult to, to judge any of this. So, it really uh, gonna, is. And listen to this, Bob. Let me say this, too. If the St. Louis Blues are playing in a qualifying series, they're home by now because they were awful in their first three games and they right. were not very good in their first two games against Vancouver. But they got the good fortune of getting to work some kinks out and now I'm looking at that St. Louis team and I'm thinking, oh boy, they look pretty good to me. So, you know, you do. You have to, I'm not apologizing for the orders. They were ready to play. I didn't like what I saw and they blew their chance to beat a team they should beat. But this was a goofy you know, one-off season 
and you know it's it's hard to make complete judgments. I'd look more at the seventy-one games than I would at the four games. Mark, I'm gonna I'm gonna I, and I mean this. I think if Edmonton plays Nashville, they beat them. Uh, I I just think that some of those guys in Chicago extended some lessons to some of their younger players. It was it was in game three and game four of the series. Those games could have gone either way. The Oilers outplayed. Uh, they outplayed the Blackhawks in Game Four, and that was the one game Crawford played. I watched Vegas against uh, Vegas. Has got a great team. Like they got a really good team, a real deep team. They completely dominated the game. They outshot. They had the same shot metrics as the Oilers did in Game Four against Chicago, and Crawford stole the game. And Leonard gave up a bad goal. Uh, all right, so we are currently at 118. When we come back, we're going to talk about goaltending, and then we're going to hit on a, a little bit more on Calgary and Dallas and St. Louis and Vancouver. This is Oilers now. Bob Stoffer, Mark Spector, with you. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It's 119 in Edmonton. Roos Chris Steakhouse, the greatest steak you've ever had. Edmonton owned and operated. Open Wednesday uh, through Sunday from 5 p.m. until close. Head down to 9990 Jasper Avenue. Tell Brendan, Maggie Taylor, and the staff at Roos Chris that Oilers Now sent you. Bob Stoffer, Mark Spector, spec for the horses and horse racing Alberta, presenting live racing uh, Friday and Sunday evening to comply with AHS regulations. Spectators limited at this time, but you can go online at hbibet.com. Mark, I'm going to give you two names off Pittsburgh. Any interest in either player? Uh, Matt Murray in goal and Brian Rust forward. Yeah, absolutely. Both guys. You know, the orders, sure. Um, you know, let's, I mean, first of all, sorry, who's the other guy? Rust? Brian Rust, yes. Yeah, Brian Rust. Brian Rust is a is a playoff proven, trusty guy who has shown has shown he can play with skill sentiment. I mean, I bring him in as a bottom six player, but in a pinch, he's kind of like Archibald, right? In a pinch, like look at Archibald, he can play with Connor McDavid when you have to. He's not your preferred top six winger, but he can play. And so can Brian Rust with Sid Crosby. So yes, but you know the goaltending thing, Bob. We should dig into this because it's. It's not what it used to be. It used to be when you had when you had Matt Murray and he was really good. You'd you'd view Tristan Jari as a as a tradable asset. Well, now you don't because you need two guys. It used to be when you had Bennington, you would have moved Jake Allen. Well, but look at what Jake Allen's doing for St. Louis now. They can so, only they can only protect one. Needs yeah, to be stated, that, and they got Kate, and they have Casey to Smith. Mark, by the way, just on Brian Rust, do you know how good of a year he had this year? What do you do? 27 goals, 56 points in 55 games. Oh, boy. Those are, That's a really dude, good year. Dude, those why are would you get, if you're Pittsburgh, why would you move that player? I'm just, I'm just hearing that they're looking to scale back, and I'm just wondering how they're going to get there. I mean, they, they traded for Zucker. Uh, I, I guess they'd probably like to trade Hornquist. That would probably be the guy. But they'd get way more for Rust. I mean, there's a lot of guys around the league that like Brian Rust. You know, he's 28-year-old, 5'11", 192, highly competitive player. Uh, you know, in, in back-to-back Stanley Cup championship years, he had six and seven goals as a third-line player. This was the first season that he really produced it better than, I mean, he was a point-per-game guy this year. He'd never been above half a point per game, but obviously he played in their top six with all their injuries and killed it. So I think he's on another level myself than Archibald. He's got uh, a couple sure. years, couple years no left question. at th- three and a half million. They got to qualify Murray. 
Okay. They have to qualify Murray. And much like St. Louis, Mark, Jake Allen outplayed Bennington this year. Tristan Jari outplayed Murray this year during the regular season. I'm just wondering, mm-hmm. if I'd have interest in both guys. I think you would as well. So I would, but again, if, if what did Murray make last year? 3.75, he's a restricted free agent. Okay, so that's, let's say you put him in ahead of Mike Smith. That, that gives you about an extra million bucks on what Smith made. So, you know, you could probably find a way to make that work. But Ken Holland's tight, man. There's not a lot of money to spread around here, right? There's not a lot. I mean, he will not offer, uh, you know, he won't qualify after Athanasiu at $3 million bucks, And he may well try to sign him for a little bit less here. But uh, there's not much money to go around. Uh, former defenseman Mark has a response to the individual that thinks that Connor should be stripped of his captaincy. Bob, I would completely cut that individual who said that Connor should be stripped of his captaincy. However, that individual might be a five-year-old girl, so I won't. Who are these people? He's the best player in the league. He'll give you everything to win. This is not the NBA. You don't need an, uh, an uh, you need an entire team to win in the NHL. Connor is our trump card not the Donald Trump card. You don't arbitrarily throw down your Trump card. You hold it and bide your time. The Oilers need more third and fourth line depth. They also need to acquire this depth at a discount. They also can't afford to sign them long term. If they don't work out, you need to be able to walk away from them. And I think there's a degree of truth to that. All right. Uh, St. Louis, you mentioned St. Louis, and it does show you how fickle things are. Because, Mark, I, as, as they were trailing in that game against uh, Vancouver, game three, I was thinking to myself that that trade they made where they moved Edmondson and got Justin Falk and signed Falk to the multi-year extension and don't have their own captain, Petrangelo, signed. Um, you know, they had they had uh, a COVID run through, you know, there were some positive tests with some players in St. Louis in Phase 2. Obviously, the, the you know, Jay Bowmeister. To me, they missed Jay Bowmeister. You look at how Scandella and Pareko played together, not even close to what Jay and Pareko were like last year when they were, I was the best shutdown pairing in the playoffs last year. Yeah. So, but they're alive, and they looked pretty damn good last night, didn't they? Well, and Petrangelo is a great example of... of you know, I think this is a good year for St. Louis. It's a good year for any team to have a, a, a key player hitting unrestricted free agency because there's just there's only two or three, four teams in the league, Ottawa, Jersey, teams like that, that could really afford to outbid St. Louis for this guy. Um, you know, when you take into account, Bob, the extra year that St. Louis can offer, right? So you got to remember St. Louis can offer them, let's say St. Louis offers them eight years at, at seven million bucks, that's fifty-six million. Well, if the Oilers wanted them, they have to offer them what? Uh, they got to offer them eight million bucks because they can only go seven years. Right. And then, you think the guy's leaving St. Louis for an extra million bucks? Why would he do that? That's after taxes. What's that? He's not leaving his hometown where his family's raised and all that. So now you got to raise. And now eight million is not enough for Edmonton. Now they got to go to nine. Well, you think Ken Holland's got nine million bucks? Or uh, I would say this, Bob. There probably is only. Literally two, three, four teams in the league, five teams that can afford to sign Petrangelo on the open market, assuming St. Louis makes a decent offer. And all of those teams are way at the bottom of the standings. He's likely not going there. So, Well, the Blues are going to have to do something, Mark, because they're, they're basically at $79 bucks on the cap. Uh, now they're going to, you know, they can do stuff like buy out uh, Steen, uh, maybe trade one of the two goaltenders in the offseason, go with somebody younger. But it's going to be intriguing to watch. Cal- final, uh, final rip here for two minutes. Calgary, and for me, Calgary and Dallas has been the best series. They, it's been physical. 
It's been nasty. Dallas has got some attitude. Uh, Cam Talbot's been pretty good in goal. But like the St. Louis series with Vancouver, in the last game, Dallas seemed to elevate a bit and kind of took it to Calgary. Your thoughts? Yeah, that's exactly what's going on here. Is is we're at the second half of these series, right? We're in the do or die. You know, game four. once you get past game three, game four, we we see who puts their chips in. You know, we've watched St. Louis here pick up their game and find it right in the back. You know, game three and four. We watched Dallas say, "Okay, hold on here. We're not going to lose this series in the first four. We're going to extend this thing." So you know, that's. That's what we love about playoff hockey. That's what makes the best of five kind of goofy because that stuff started after game one. <laughs> you know, it's not very traditional. So, uh, listen, it, I'll say this for the NHL, Bob. The hockey I'm watching, like, I get it. There's no fans and it's a bubble. And it's all different there. The, the hockey's playoff hockey. Like, I'm watching Philly and Montreal right now. It's playoff hockey. They're going at each other hard. And it's, it's, they've recreated this thing awfully well in a pretty difficult circumstance, don't you think? Yeah, maybe it's my Western bias. But I'm telling you, I think the Calgary series and the Vancouver series have been the best two series for me. And maybe, yeah, I, just, maybe I just have more interest. But part of it for me is just how physical. Like, there, there's some nastiness. It's not a loving out there. My Boston and Carolina's had some tough moments, too. So, A little resurgence for Luch in Calgary. He's, he's uh, you know, chipping in some points. And he's a factor in the games, right? He's a factor in the games. They got to put, and again, you need players. And this is, I have confidence in the orders with defense. You look at the work that Dave Manson and Paul Coffey did with uh, specifically Ethan Bear and Caleb Jones. And now they've got Bouchard. Bouchard was terrific in the second half of the year. Jay Woodcroft down there as well. Uh, they've got Broberg. They've got Sam Marukov. Like they've got, and Mark, I. I'm telling you right now, if Caden Gooley's sitting there at 14 and the Oilers have him as the highest guy on the board, then they got to take him if that's who they got. Now, I'm not, I don't know what their, what their list looks like at this time. If it's Seth Jarvis, if it's one of the German guys, if it's one of the guys that'll come back, whatever. But I wouldn't hesitate taking a defenseman because the, you talk about development, final thing for you, just they, they've shown a propensity to develop some defensemen here over the last couple of years. And that should have some Oilers fans excited. Well, that's and and that's the value position right now. Like, and let's face it, they've got they've got some excellent young forwards up top. Uh, but no, no, I, you can turn. You know, I would rather be rich, Bob, in young, up and coming, good defensemen, because you can turn those guys into wingers in a heartbeat, right? If you got a lot of extra wingers trying to turn them into good defensemen, that's not quite as easily done. So the orders are in a good spot there. And I think that's what the future holds, right? One of these young guys, they're going to have to take a gamble on one of these guys, and they're going to have to turn him into a into the right winger or the right third-line centerman. And then we're all going to cross our fingers and hope that that defenseman doesn't turn into a superstar somewhere else. Spec, great stuff. Thanks for your time. All right, buddy. You bet. For the horses and horse racing in Alberta, that is Mark Spector. It's 129. Off to a global news weather traffic update uh, with Kerry McCarthy. When we come back, Brendan Escott's going to jump in. We're going to get to NHL today. Uh, we're going to get to our injury report. And we're going to talk a bit about team building. Get uh, and We'll read some of your texts because there's been tons of those coming in. You're listening to Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.